Standing at the crossroads of faith and deepest fear So afraid of failing if you move on from here The road ahead is steep but you're not giving up Cause God's about to take you to a brand new place of trust Take a step of faith It's time to move Lay aside your fears And watch what God will do There's victory ahead That mountain's not too high Friend, hold on Cause you're about to climb Higher heights await you Beyond what you have dreamed And they're yours for the taking If you dare to believe So leave your doubts behind And let God make you brave for he has gone before you, and he's already made the way. Take a step of faith, it's time to move. Lay aside your fears, and watch what God will do. There's victory ahead, that mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on, cause you're about to climb. You may feel you can't go on, it just seems too hard. But put your hand in his, he will take you to the stars. Take a step of faith. It's time to move, lay aside your fears, and watch what God will do. There's victory ahead, that mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on, cause you're about to climb. There's victory ahead, that mountain's not too high. Friend, hold on, cause you're about to climb, to climb. All right. Appreciate that. Take your Bible, turn to Second Second uh, Peter, rather, the book of Second Peter, chapter number three. Second Peter, chapter number three. This is a great Sunday morning crowd. I appreciate you being in your place today, and, and uh, what a blessing it is to be with the church family once again. Second Peter, <clears throat> chapter number three, and uh, we'll just read just two verses this morning. Second Peter, chapter three, and beginning in verse number seventeen. If you'll stand with me, please. Oops, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 17. While you're standing, uh, I did get one other prayer request. Do continue to pray for Brother Al Bogner 
and uh, he is doing some better. Last report I got on his, he's been very up and down with his health in recent uh, days, but he is doing some better at last report, and but continue to pray for physical strength uh, so that he's able to get back uh, out of bed and uh, be able to come to church, Lord willing, And uh, but uh, appreciate your prayers for him, and of course for Jesse Navarre and so many others that have been in hospitals in recent days, and I hope that you'll continue to pray for each of them. Look at verse 17 with me, if you will, Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 17. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Notice he didn't. he's not talking about losing your salvation. He said, I don't want you to fall from your steadfastness, your firm stand, if you will. Then look at verse number 18 is in contrast to that. He said, but <clears throat> grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I want you to notice that first uh, uh, part of the verse, very familiar verse. He said, but grow in grace. The simple title of the message this morning is this, we must grow. We don't have a choice. We must grow. And so let's pray and we'll jump into the message this morning. Our Father, we thank you for being our God, thank you for being so gracious to us. I pray that there'd be no distractions this morning. I pray that the children would be silent. I pray that uh, the young people would be attentive. I, th I pray that all of us <coughs> would uh, would sit up straight, pay attention, that, that there'd be no distractions. I pray that folks would just be still, that there'd be no unnecessary uh, moving in and out of service. But uh, Father, what's about to happen is the most important thing, uh, the most important important meeting that we'll be in all week because it's uh, it centers around your word, uh, not not around this preacher, but about the message of your word. Father, that's uh, so important. I pray that you'd help us this morning. I pray that you'd uh, have your spirit uh, go from person to person and from pew to pew in every uh, nook and cranny of this building. And may uh, souls be stirred, may Christians be drawn closer to you. Father, may we just uh, decide this morning that we are going to be growing Christians. We ask it in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. <clears throat> it's been said that the mighty oak tree was once only an acorn that stood its ground. And that's true. The mighty oak tree was at one time just a small acorn, or if you're down from down south, acorn, uh, <clears throat> that stood its ground. And that's so true. So many, so much of what we admire, so much of what we marvel at in God's creation. And by the way, we're not to worship the creation. We're supposed to worship the Creator. Every time you see a sunrise, it ought to remind you not to, not to just stand in awe of the beauty of the sunrise, but to stand in awe of the one who made the beauty of the sunrise. We're not to worship the creature or the creation. We're to worship the Creator. But every mighty oak tree was once, years and years and years ago, just a small acorn that took a stand. That's an interesting thing. From that small beginning, there had to be growth. There had to be some rainy days. There had to be 
some sunshiny days. There had to be some winds. There had to be the endurance of some uh, some uh, weather conditions that were less than enjoyable. You see, everything in nature says, if we do not grow, we'll die. Everything in nature says, I must grow if I'm to survive. Understand something, growth is the stuff that life is made of. Growth is not optional, it's vital. And it's true in nature, and it's also true in your spiritual life. And here, uh, Peter is writing to all of us, he's writing to the uh, uh, to converts, to young Christians, and he said, he said, uh, you, you need to be steadfast in your stand. He said, don't fall from your own steadfastness. But he said, on the contrary, don't just take a stand, but grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, the purpose of the message this morning is simply this, is to challenge all of us to grow. Challenge us. I'm talking to the Lake Crest Baptist Church this morning. The challenge from the Word of God this morning for every single one of us, starting with this preacher and everybody else in this room this morning, is for all of us to be continually growing to be continually growing. I'm not speaking of growing as a crowd necessarily. I'm not speaking about growing numbers or uh, uh, growing numbers of people per se, although I'm certainly for that, not against that at all. But I do believe this. I believe it from the bottom of my heart. <coughs> the, uh, the numerical growth of our church will be directly related to the spiritual growth of those people who are already here. We've got to grow. We've got, we can't be satisfied with where we are spiritually. I'm talking about you as an individual making the decision this morning to grow in grace and then taking steps to do just that. That's what I'm talking about. You say, well, Pastor, I've been, <coughs> I've been saved for 50 plus years and no doubt there are people in this room this morning. You've been saved over 50 years and that's wonderful. But, but may I say, I don't care how long you've been saved. You're never saved so long that you no longer need to grow. Uh, if you're, if you have a breath to breathe this morning, then you're a candidate to grow in grace as long as you're saved. Now, salvation is the first step, but we all not ever get so satisfied. We all not ever get to the place where we say, you know what? I think I've grown enough. <laughs> I think I've grown enough, Pastor. I think I'm just going to coast into the pearly gates just as I am. I don't need to grow anymore. No, no, no. Uh, that's not what the Bible says. Never ever do you read one time in the scripture where God says, here is your plateau of top shelf growth and you may no longer grow from this point on. Never once do you read that in the Bible. Not once. I, uh, my wife and I have five children and uh, I'm glad I got that right this morning, but, uh, we, <laughs> we have five children and, uh, our oldest three are, are boys, our sons, and they are, uh, this morning, on the way out of the house this morning, I grabbed a picture. I hope my wife doesn't mind. She uh, probably noticed it missing. But uh, but anyway, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a picture of our three sons way back when they were cute. And uh, <clears throat> that goes back a ways, by the way. <laughs> uh, this this picture is probably taken about, oh, I'm guessing... I'm guessing 13 years ago this picture was taken and, uh, they're all, you can't see it very well from here, but they're all, they're looking through, uh, a fence, uh, at a, at a park there in, uh, in Durham. And, uh, but that's been, that's been a while ago. That's back when I used to look down on all three of them. And, uh, now I look up at all three of them. And, uh, Back when that picture was taken, we would go home on a regular basis and we, we would have, uh, we didn't call it WrestleMania, but that's essentially what it was. 
<laughs> where I would wrestle all three of them at the same time. I don't do that anymore, by the way. <clears throat> why is that, Pastor? Because I'm fearful for my own health. That's why. And uh, now we've got this deal. I tell them if, 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 if they won't pick on me as an old man while I'm awake, I won't, I won't hurt them while they're sleeping. That's a pretty good deal because they got to go to sleep at some point, you know. And uh, and so I'm not able to wrestle with them like I, I mean we we have a time and we get in the middle of the living room floor and uh, and and we just go after it. But uh, but you know what? <clears throat> this was 13 years ago. Now they've changed quite a bit in 13 years, and rightfully so. That's the way it's supposed to work. If they all three look like this today we'd have some problems. <laughs> we, would, we would have made several trips to the doctor before now to try to figure out why are they not growing? Because growth is natural. We're supposed to grow. It's part of life. It's part of the, the cycle of life, uh, to be sure. It would be very unnatural if those three young men still look like this 13 years later. The Bible tells us that folks who first get saved are as newborn babes. As newborn babies who desire the sincere milk of the Word, the Bible says, that we may grow thereby. It's very natural for us who are just saved. Now, there are some folks in this room, no doubt, this morning. You've not been saved for 50 years. You've been saved maybe for just a few months. Maybe for just a couple years. Maybe you're very, very young in the Lord. The Bible says that you are a baby spiritually. Now, that's not that, that, that's okay because the Bible uses the analogy of uh, when we're saved, the Bible refers to us as being born again. Born again into the family of God. Uh, John chapter 1 and verse number 12. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. So when I first get saved, I am a baby in Christ. But understand something, just as it is not natural for a physical baby to stay a baby for very long, and by the way, uh, we, we, we've got some, some uh, youngins, I call them, in our nursery, and, and they're getting older, and uh, they're growing up, and uh, I'm not sure what some of you parents are feeding. I mean, some, I mean there, there's a lot of biscuits going on at your house in some cases. I, but uh, uh, you, see all, you see these kids, they're starting to, to, to chunk up a little bit, and they get that baby fat on them. They're really cute and everything. But you know what? You're not supposed to stay a baby forever. At some point, those... Babies in the baby nursery are supposed to go to the next nursery and then the next nursery and then they go up into the, uh, into the, uh, uh, beginner department, the primary department, the junior department, and then the junior high and high school and so on. That's the way life is supposed to work physically, but let me say this, that's the way life is supposed to work spiritually too. We're supposed to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If babies don't grow, parents get concerned, and rightfully so, because growth is natural. I was coaching JV basketball many years ago, and uh, the father of one of the guys who played on my team, he came to me after practice one day, and he said, uh, uh, he said, uh, he said, Coach, I'm, gonna, I'm getting ready to take uh, my son to the doctor. We're concerned about it. I said, what's going on? He said, well, his, uh, he hasn't grown in X number of years, and we're a little bit concerned about it, and he was a little bit behind the curve and so forth, and, and, uh, but there was a concern there that, uh, that there was something physically wrong that kept him from growing as he ought to grow, and by the same token, we ought to be concerned if we're not growing spiritually. If we are that spiritual babe in Christ and we've been saved for a year after year after year after year, then something's not what it ought to be. 
And so we're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Uh, shortly after you get saved, you should begin to grow in grace. In other words, you should not be content to remain as a baby Christian. And this morning, I want to challenge all of us to do what the Bible calls growing in grace. Growing in grace. The question this morning is this. I'm not talking to the person next to you or the person in front of you or the person behind you. I'm talking to you. You say, oh, preacher, I've been saved a long time. I'm talking to you. I should say the Holy Spirit's talking to you. I'm just the messenger guy, okay? But the question for this preacher this morning is, am I growing in grace? The question for our staff this morning, are we growing in grace? The question for the deacons and the Sunday school teachers and the bus captains and the ushers and the nursery workers and the Sunday school teachers, all of us, the question is, are we growing in grace? I want to share with you several thoughts. First of all, this growth is commanded. Growth is commanded. If you have your Bible open in front of you to 2 Peter chapter 3, look at verse 18 very carefully. First four words, it's a commanded. The, the subject of that is understood you, okay? But grow in grace. Real simple. But grow in grace. Who's he talking to? The person who's reading it. <laughs> the Christian. The child of God. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for six minutes or 60 years. It doesn't much matter. God wants you to grow in grace. It is a commanded thing. Uh, you know, we talk about the Ten Commandments and the importance. We had a Sunday school, uh, I'm sorry, a Wednesday night Bible study series on the, the importance of the Ten Commandments. But understand, the, those Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, and again, Deuteronomy chapters 5 and 6, those aren't the only commandments in the Bible. Here's another one for us, and it, it applies to all of us who are saved, and that commandment is this, grow in grace. Here we see, not a suggestion, but a command. I want you to see number two, not only are we commanded to grow in grace, but number two, the command to grow means we can choose to grow. Don't miss it. The command to grow means that I can choose to grow. Look, understand, this is a Bible principle that we all need to be reminded of, not just applicable to this message, but God would never ask you and me to do something that we're not capable of doing. Are you with me? How many of you are awake? Say amen. All right. I figured I'd at least, at least wake you up, even if you don't hear a word I'm saying. But uh, understand something. God would never ask you or me to do something that we're not capable of doing because God's fair. God is just. God is righteous. God is holy. He would never come to you and say, I'm going to ask you to do something knowing that you don't have the ability to do it. God, God would not do that. No, God says, I'm commanding you to do something, and by virtue of the fact that he's commanding us to do it, also reminds us that we are able to do it. And when God says, I want you to grow in grace as a believer, I can choose to grow in grace. Look, it's not a matter of you saying, well, you know, preacher, I'm beyond growth. I just can't do that. No, no, no. Then you're calling God a liar. That's right. Oh, but, but, but preacher, you don't understand. <clears throat> there was a time when I could grow, but I've got this, I've got this spiritual hang up or psychological hang up right now that prohibits me. I cannot grow. You'll not find that anywhere in the scripture, my friend. God said, grow in grace. Grow in grace. Saved yesterday, grow in grace. Saved 10 years ago, grow in grace. Saved as a little child, grow in grace. Saved as an older adult, grow in grace. Grow in grace, grow in grace. It's a command, therefore, it is something I can choose to do. I want you to see the third statement this morning. Our growth is for God's glory. Our growing in grace is for God's glory. 
You say, preacher, what does that mean? <clears throat> We're not to grow so we can look good. We are to grow so that we can make God look good. <laughs> you see, if, if, my, if my reason or my motivation for growth is just so that I can appear to all of my other brothers and sisters in Christ as becoming super Christian, there's a pride issue there. <laughs> there's a problem there. No, no. Our growth, God commands us to grow not so that we can look good. God commands us to grow so that we can help make Him look good to an unsaved world so that they can come to a saving knowledge of the same Savior that we have. That's the whole purpose of it. Jesus said, let your light shine, therefore, so that men may see your good works, but wait a minute, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The foundation, the purpose of me growing is so that we can glorify the Father. So that we can, so that we can shine as a bright light, as a beacon to a dark world that's lost and without Jesus Christ and a world that is without hope outside of Christ. And hey, I love what the apostle Paul wrote, inspired by the Holy Spirit, of course, when he said, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, guess what? <clears throat> if Christ is in me, then I'm growing. If Christ is in me and I'm yielding to Him and to His Word and to His blessed Spirit that works in me, hey, I promise you, I'm growing. And that ought to be our desire this morning. That ought to be our motivation this morning. We're to grow for God's glory. Number four, I want you to see this. We are always to be growing. Don't miss it. We're always to be growing. I believe it was the theme for uh, our, uh, our, our ladies get together earlier in the spring. Never stop growing, I believe was the theme. But we're to always be growing. Always. We're never to stop growing. We're never to be satisfied with the growth that we have experienced to this point. You see, either I'm growing or I'm dying. Either I'm growing and, and uh, advancing in the cause of Christ, either I'm taking steps forward, or hey, either I'm pressing on the upward way, <laughs> or I'm sliding backwards. There is no status quo for very long in the Christian life. You've got to stay growing. You've got to always be on the upswing. The word translated grow here in 2 uh, Peter chapter 3, the word translated grow is a continual action verb, prolonged form of the word. Say, preacher, what's the significance of that? If I may, he said, but grow in grace and grow in grace and keep growing, and keep growing, and keep growing, and keep growing, and keep growing. Hey, I never get to a point where I've grown enough, and I'm so, I'm afraid in a lot of believers' lives, growth is in the past tense. That's a, that's a sad state to be in. <clears throat> There's a lot of churches across the country who pat themselves on the back for what happened back in the 70s and 80s. May I remind us all, the 70s was 40 years ago now? That's true. So many churches are, are living on, on, and, and, and by the way, I, I believe this. I believe we ought to use the past growth as a, as inspiration and motivation to prod us on to future growth. We're not supposed to look at the past just as to, as some kind of a relic so that we can say, well, how good God was back 40 years ago. Hey, God's good today. The same God that blessed in the 70s and 80s, the same God that helped us when we first got saved, the same God that uh, that we yielded to, <clears throat> and He brought us along in His in His Spirit, and brought us along in His work, and brought us along in His will, in our daily walk. Hey, that's the same God that still wants us to press on the upward way. I'm saying we're to always be growing. Always be growing. 
uh, one of the sad realities is that many Christians grow to a point and then there is a complacency and a satisfaction that sets in that says, you know what, I'm okay. I'm okay. And by the way, we all have to fight that. Let's be honest about it this morning. We all have to fight that. I have to fight the, the, uh, the, the temptation is to say, well, you know, <clears throat> yeah, I've read that passage before, been there, done that, bought the coffee mug and the t-shirt. You know, I, you know, some of you, <clears throat> I, I, we've been here almost four years now. There's some illustrations that I say often. Some of you could finish the illustration when I started. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there many times I'll quote a passage of Scripture or I'll read a passage of Scripture, and many of you who have been saved for a long time, I can see you mouth the words as I'm saying them or reading them from the Scripture. You know why? Because you've been saved a long time. Now, that's a wonderful thing, and we ought to rejoice in that, but there's a danger of that as well. Sometimes the enemy of excellence is experience. That's right. Sometimes the... now. Don't get me wrong, experience can be a wonderful thing, but if we're not careful, our experience causes us not to want to grow as badly as we once wanted to grow when there was no experience. When there was no Christian experience, when there was no, uh, when we were young in the Lord. Hey, in that regard, we ought to always be young in the Lord. Always have that desire of being young in the Lord that we once had way back then. If it's been a long time since you've been saved, I'm simply saying we're always to be growing. Hey, I saw this, and, and notice this, the great apostle Paul never stopped growing. He never stopped growing. Now, the apostle Paul got saved as an adult young, as an adult man. I'm, I'm guessing, uh, Paul was probably a contemporary of Christ. So when he got saved, I, again, I don't, this, this, uh, you may, you may do some research and, and, uh, come up with some evidence otherwise, but I believe the Apostle Paul was probably saved in his, in his mid to late thirties. I believe that. Now wait a minute. Paul <coughs> went to the guillotine. He, uh, he had his head taken off by Nero in, uh, right around AD 63, AD 65, somewhere in there. So Paul was probably in his, uh, in his early to mid sixties when he died a martyr's death. He'd been saved a long time, but it was the apostle Paul who wrote from prison to the, to the church at Philippi. He said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. What was he saying as an old man writing from prison? Not many years left in his life. He'd say, Hey, I don't want to stop growing. Don't ever stop growing. Don't ever be satisfied with where you are. Hey, if you've got a breath to breathe, God wants that breath to be used in growth. In growth. We're always be growing. Peter, the writer of this passage, never stopped growing. I'm not saying these men were infallible. Sure, they made mistakes. Sure, they were, uh, they, they, they were, uh, they were human, just like you and I. And, and sometimes we're guilty of putting these men in the Bible on an unnecessary pedestal. No, they were sinners just like you and me. But I'm, I'm saying there was that desire there to grow. They never lost was that desire. Preacher, <clears throat> to what point should I grow? Well, growth never reaches a point on this side of heaven. You think about that? Growth never reaches a satisfaction point on this side of heaven. Here's what David said. I'll be satisfied when I awake in thy likeness. That's what he said. We're talking about the man after God's own heart. <laughs> We're talking about the one who was the sweet psalmist of Israel. We're talking about the chief musician in the book of Psalms. We're talking about the one who uh, who had a, a, a passion and a heart for God like few people have ever had for God. And it was David who said, I'm not going to be satisfied with my own growth. 
spiritually until I wake up and I see Jesus face to face. That ought to be our prayer. That ought to be our goal this morning. I hasten. Number five, growth requires change, and change may be uncomfortable. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak, this morning. I said, number one, that growth is commanded. I see, number two, that the command to grow means we must choose to grow. Number three, our growth is for God's glory. Number four, we're to always be growing. And here we go, number five, growth requires change, but change is sometimes uncomfortable. When you and I make the decision to grow, we give God the green light to start making changes in our lives. And by the way, that's what our decision ought to be this morning. We ought to, we ought to, whether it's here at an old fashioned altar or seated in our, in our, in our pew, we ought to give God, we ought to make the decision, God, whatever, whatever's required of me, God, I want to grow. God, I give you the green light to change anything that you see fit in my life. May I say, God may want you to start doing something that you're not doing right now. He might. You say, preacher, this whole growth process, I mean, I want to grow because the reason for growth is to glorify God, and I want to glorify God with my life. Okay, great. Preacher, what's it going to cost me to grow? You know, there is a, there is a cost to it. Growth can be painful. You've heard this whole, you've heard the term growing pains, haven't you? And, uh, I, uh, showed you that picture of, uh, of those boys when they were just little bitty guys. I guess Stephen was probably three years old at the time, I'm guessing, somewhere along in there. <clears throat> and, uh, he's, uh, he's, all of them have long since passed me as far as as far as uh, uh, their, their vertical uh, prowess is concerned. And uh, I'm vertically challenged compared to my three sons right now. But anyway, <clears throat> I remember, I remember uh, all three of them at times talking about aches in their joints when they were going through a growth spurt. You know what that was? It, it's growing pains. Growing is sometimes uncomfortable. It's, it's sometimes, it, it, it hurts a little bit. It's not always an easy thing. And so is the case with a child of God who makes the decision, God, I want to grow. God, I don't want to be satisfied with where I am spiritually. Okay, wonderful. Well, if that's the case, then growth requires change, and change may be uncomfortable. God may want you to start doing something that you may not be doing. Hey, God may want you to stop doing something that you're doing right now. There may be something in your life God says, you know what? <clears throat> Uh, I want you to grow, and here's where we're going to start. We're going to start with this little habit right here that I want you to, I want you to give that up. And you may look at that and say, wait, hold, time out, God. Wait, 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 wait. Hold the phone. You want me to give that up? God, you know how much I love that. Now, some of you may be thinking of a specific that in your life right now. You know what? <clears throat> whatever, whatever that may be, I'll promise you, I'll promise you <clears throat> what you gain by growing in grace and in not doing that or starting something that God would have you to start doing that you're not doing right now, whatever whatever it costs, whatever comfort level it costs you to either start doing something you ought to do or stop doing you ought not to do, hey, I'll promise you the glory that you could give to God as a result of that by your growth and taking that step and giving it to God, there's no comparison. No comparison. God may want you to change something in your life. He may, he may put his finger on something in your life and say, hey, you know what? You want to glorify me? Oh, yeah, God, I want to glorify you. You want to grow in grace? Oh, yes, Lord, I'd love to grow in grace. Okay, then stop doing that or stop or, or start doing this or let's change this in your life. Let me ask you a question. Whatever, it, What is it in your life or my life that I'm willing to say, God, you can't go there? 
God, that's off limits to you. God, I'll do anything, go anywhere, be anything, stop doing anything, start doing anything, except for fill in the blank. Whatever you filled in that blank with is where God says that's your ceiling of growth. That's your ceiling of growth. You see, the only way I'm going to grow is to submit my will to whatever it is that God wants for me. Can I tell you what the greatest part of prayer is in any child of God? Is simply this. It's what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Nevertheless, Lord, not my will. That's the hardest thing to pray, isn't it? By the way, that's the hardest thing to live in the Christian walk. Not my will, God. I don't have to have my way, God. I don't have to have my way uh, about uh, whatever it is that you point out in my life, God. It's all on the table. There's, there's, there's no holds barred. Whatever it is, God, I would rather please you than please me. And so, God, whatever it is, you just, you either take it from me, <clears throat> God, I'll change it, I'll start it, I'll stop it, I'll change whatever it is about my appearance or whatever it is about what I'm doing, my activities, my behavior. God, it's all yours, not my will. You say, preacher, <clears throat> that sounds like it might be uncomfortable. You're getting the picture. You're getting the picture. I find out what God changed, or what, what changes God wants to make in my life as I listen to His Word and His Spirit. <clears throat> you know, part of the reason why God has you in church this morning? Because He wants to see if you're willing to listen to what He has to say. You're not listening to Pastor Dale this morning. Look, <clears throat> it's it's but growing grace in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the one that God sent to tell you about what's going on and what He has for us this morning from His Word. But hey, if you're listening carefully, you're listening with your heart, you're listening to the Word of God, you're listening to the Holy Spirit of God, and when I come to Sunday school and I sit in the church services, I listen to what the Word of God says, and then there is something, or I should say someone, on the inside... And he says things like this. You listen to this? What he's telling you is the truth. He's not much to look at. He's the ugliest preacher you've ever had, but I'm telling you, he's telling you the truth. Maybe he didn't say that, but <clears throat> he said, he said, uh, yeah, this is the word of God. This is right. This is true. This is, this, this is my will. This is what I want for you. This is why I brought you here today. You know what that is? If you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit of God living inside of you. And the Bible says he is there to guide you into all truth. He's like your spiritual GPS to guide you into all truth. And if it weren't for, it weren't, if it, look, He's the one that directs us to what is right and what is wrong. But here, here's what happens. Sometimes the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something as you listen to a message or as you listen to a Sunday school lesson or as you're in your own personal devotions and he points something out to you and it's a, it, it is a, a point of growth for you, potentially. And he says to you, I want you to do this with what you just heard. I want you to change this because of what you just heard. I want you to start doing this because of what you just heard. And here's, here is where the rubber meets the road. It's when you say, well, you know what? I, I don't think I want to go there. You have just found out what your ceiling for growth is because your ceiling of growth is directly related to your submission to God's will and God's word. Growth requires change, and change may be uncomfortable. I can refuse to change what God asked me to change, but in doing so, I'm forfeiting the next step of growth in my life that is going to bring more glory to God. By the way, let me stop and say this. 
two important words in the Christian life, maybe the two most important words in the Christian life. Are you ready for this? Number one, we talked about it in Sunday school this morning, obedience. Obedience. When I stop obeying what I know to be the revealed will of God through the Word of God and the workings of the Spirit of God in my life, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm on the road, the same road that King Saul was on we talked about in Sunday school. The word obedience and then the word is trust or faith, if you will. Either way. Obedience and trust. The songwriter said, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You say, preacher, what if sometimes the commands of God don't make sense to me? Then you still obey. That's trust. That's trust. May I say to all of us, and, and if you've been saved any length of time at all, you'll be able, you would be able to, to testify about things like this in your own life. There are times in our life when what God tells us to do may not make sense to us. You think that made sense to Abraham when God came to him and said, Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and take him to Mount Moriah and offer him there as a sacrifice. Do you really think that made any sense to Abraham? I can tell you it did not. Because Isaac was the son of promise. Isaac was the son of Abraham's old age. Isaac was the one that God said to Abraham, In Isaac shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He said, in cursing, he said, He that curses you and curses Isaac will be cursed. And he that blesses you and blesses your seed through Isaac will be blessed. And so for God to turn around and tell Abraham, uh, when, when he was well up in years, probably 125 years old, Isaac was 25, a grown man himself, and he said, Abraham, sacrifice him, slay him on Mount Moriah. It didn't make sense to Abraham. But he said, okay. Okay. You know how much glory God out of Abraham's obedience even when he didn't understand? I'll tell you how that happened. It was faith. It was trust. Abraham, he's probably scratching his head the whole way. In fact, he didn't, he, he didn't take the sacrifice. <laughs> and uh, Isaac, on their way up to Mount Moriah, he said, Dad, I see the wood, I see everything we need for the fire, I see, I see the stones are, uh, for the, for, to build the altar, but where's the lamb? Abraham said, Son, God will provide himself a lamb. He didn't say, son, it's going to be you. You know why? Because Abraham believed that either God was going to have to raise Isaac from the dead or he's going to have to provide himself a lamb because God can't lie. And when God said, I'm going to bless the whole world through your seed, Isaac, that's exactly what he meant. And Abraham just took God at his word. And my friend, when God is trying to work in your heart through his word and through his spirit, through the preaching and teaching of that word, hey, don't rebel against that. Don't bristle against that. Hey, just trust the Lord and do what he tells you to do, even when you don't understand. Put yourself, last thing, put yourself in an environment that will help you grow. Put yourself in an environment that will help you to grow. You see, a plant that grows needs certain things. I'm not a horticulturalist or an agriculturalist. In fact, I'm not even sure what the difference in those two words are. But uh, I'm not real, I don't have the green thumb, okay? I'll be honest with you. But uh, usually, if, uh, if, if I get a plant, then it's, it's, uh, it's about a 50-50 chance it's going to make it, amen? But, uh, but I do know this. Plants, depending on what type of plant it is, needs certain things. It needs a certain environment. It needs a certain amount of water. It needs a certain amount of sunlight. It needs certain temperature ranges. You know, there are some plants, uh, in fact, most plants, you can't set it outside on the front porch in January and, and expect it to make it, okay? You, in January, now, or in, in Michigan, rather. Now, you may do that in Florida. 
but just, just a little public service announcement. If you moved here recently from Florida, you can't do that in Michigan in January. Your plant's going to die, okay? <clears throat> It'll be frozen. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, you can't do that. Why? Because that plant has to have a certain environment that's conducive to its growth, that helps it to grow. May I say that? If you're going to grow spiritually, what you ought to consider doing is getting to a place where it's a good environment to help you grow, somewhere that encourages you to grow. I can think of a good place like this called Lakecrest Baptist Church. And you know what? The more I'm here, the better the environment is. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know, for some of you, it may be that your, your step of growth might be to consider getting in that environment that helps you grow more often. That might be a good step for you. I'm simply saying, <clears throat> plants need a good environment. One of the best things you'll do as a Christian is to keep yourself in an environment of growth. Now, church is not a perfect place. And we are not perfect people. I'm not a perfect pastor. Uh, <clears throat> you're not perfect people. We're all, we're all human beings who are saved by the good grace of God. And we're, we're, we're doing the best we can to do right, yielding to God and His Spirit and so forth. But understand something. If you want to grow, this is a good place to help you grow. I'm talking about getting plugged into a Sunday school class. Why, preacher? To help you grow. I'm talking about maybe that Wednesday night service in the middle of the week. You say, what, what will that do for me? It gives you a little bit more of an environment to help you grow. Opening your Bible uh, Monday morning and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Why? To help you grow. We're talking about a, an environment that is conducive to growth. You know, church can't make you grow. I can't make you grow, but I can encourage it. The preaching is designed to challenge it. The music is such that it will remind you of the necessity of it. Hey, I love, uh, I quoted it a little while ago, the songwriter, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm homeward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Hey, that song's got a lot better message than some of what you've been listening to this week in some cases. Smile at me. Just let me ask you a question. Does your music encourage you to grow spiritually? Crickets. <laughs> uh, I'm simply saying, church provides that kind of an environment. Bottom line is this morning, there's more message, but I'm out of time. Let me just suffice it to say this. you got to want to grow. And if you want to grow, you can grow. Because God commanded you to grow. And if we're commanded to do something, then we can make the choice to grow. And when we make that choice to grow, one word of caution is growth can be painful and growth can be uncomfortable. So we've got to make sure that there's nothing between my soul and the Savior. There's nothing that in my life that I would say, God, you know, I'm going to put a fence around this and say, you can't have that. I'm going to say, God, I may have preferences. I may have desires. I may have a will. But Father, if it would bring more glory to you for me to grow in grace, it doesn't matter how uncomfortable it is, God. It's all yours. It's all yours. My life, Lord, is yours to control. Lord, <clears throat> nevertheless, nevertheless about what I want, God, it's all about what you want. And I'll promise you, whatever, whatever the Holy... Look, I understand we're in a congregation <clears throat> of uh, probably 200 plus people in this room right now. And I understand that as I look around, if I could see all of us in our, in our spiritual condition, we'd have some babies, we'd have some spiritual toddlers, 
we would have some spiritual primaries, some spiritual juniors, some spiritual, I don't even want to think about this, some spiritual junior hires. Well, there, there, there's all kinds of things that come to mind there. <clears throat> some, some spiritual teenagers, some spiritual adults. But may I say something that all we all have in common? We all need to grow. We all need to grow. And our growth is dependent on, number one, our desire to grow. And boy, I want you to cultivate that this morning. Do you want to grow? <clears throat> there are some who need to be born into God's family this morning. As I look at the crowd this morning, yes, there are some spiritual babies, but there are some people who need to become spiritual babies. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? You see, if you're not yet been born again into God's family, we're waiting for your birthday, spiritually speaking. And today could be your birthday. You see, you can't grow until you're born into God's family. You can't begin to grow uh, until you're, 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 you're birthed into God's kingdom. And that's where some of you need to start right now by becoming part of God's family. Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, He said, Nicodemus, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. What was he talking about? He's talking about physical birth and spiritual birth. He said, Verily, verily, I send you, Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And if, if you're here this morning, friend, and your mind has been guided towards spiritual growth, maybe we should back up with you for just a moment and say, have you been born into God's family? Because it's only after you've been born into God's family that you, you can begin to grow in grace. For the rest of us, are you growing? Are you growing? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. Every head bowed, every eye is closed.